0: Have you you got into the habit of the cold showers yet? Every morning I've been doing it for nearly 10 years now. What would you say is the value to you? Um, Okay so a top line value makes you feel better it actually but like Louise was talking about, does pump up your dopamine. Dopamine is a reward hormone. You literally feel good. It will make you feel happier. Wow. Now, it's not, you know, it's not massive, but if you're paying attention, it is significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just all sorts of uh, physical benefits. to yeah. get a little spike of cortisol, which is your energizing hormone. Um, it, that also helps break down fat. Yeah. I mean, there's no downside here. <laughs> yeah. there's no, I mean, once you can overcome the, the mental block... Yeah, and I encourage everyone too. It's it's so good. What are you
1: teaching us here,
0: Louise?
2: The message is like I said earlier, you know, it is just that you are not separate from the earth. Mm. And the earth is God in that in that the what what creates the earth and nature also creates us. We were all created mm. in the same way and so and that lives within us and if you believe what I believe that we are spirit and there's a spirit in everything then then the same spirit that exists in me exists in every rock exists in every leaf exists in the ants on the ground.
1: I want to make sure that our egos are kept in check by us not definitively saying this is the way we see it, so therefore it is a right way. Like I'm really open to the idea that the way that I see it, I share it with you. I share it with everybody, but equally it's the only way that my mind to date can actually um, identify and I'm really open to the the whole concept that maybe I just can't think of anything else yeah. or maybe I haven't read anything which someone's given me another alternative. It's the best mm. that I can come up with but my evolutionary mind, our evolutionary mind, may be
0: only a part way along it's evolutionary journey (laughs) Mm. yeah that's that's such a valuable thing to consider too what are the limits of our perception oh love that
1: Well, dear listeners, you've yet joined another episode of A Journey with Bernie and, and, the, Chip. and the Chipster. Now, Chip, we don't have Louise Bennett. I called Worth. her Louise Benefit the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes.
0: Just off mic, that might
1: have happened. <laughs> but why why Full she disclosure. is a benefit? She's she an is. enormous benefit. I tell you what, so much benefit that that poetry, dear people, and prose mm. that she wrote during her journey, that you had the most magnificent opportunity to 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 listen to and absorb mm. um, uh, last week, uh, it, it, we did double that. Um, we've got another another episode here, and dear people, I can't let go of it yeah. because there was too much learning in it, Chip, wasn't there?
0: Yeah, huh? well, while we were recording it, that was my thinking too. I'm thinking, oh, we might need to split this one.
1: Mate, well, what, what about the stuff that we actually did explore last
0: week? Mm. Oh, there's a M- lot the of The poem meat. called Waiting. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, and that, and and again, well, it's, we spoke about juxtaposition a lot in that, and that, that I spoke poem. none of that, by the way. I couldn't even pronounce <laughs> yeah. the word. It was you and Louise that spoke about juxta. yes. juxtaposition, <laughs> which is the setting beside each other of, of two different elements, so that the contrast between them illuminates a deeper truth. And that waiting poem, there was really about that because in, in that poem it was about Louise's body's breaking down. She's in the waiting room at the chemo yeah. ward, but she's bringing joy. Yeah. You know, like she's uh, so so. There was the juxtaposition between a physical state and a spiritual state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
1: And I also loved what she said there. She said, why is a waiting room a waiting to Mm -hmm. die possibility versus – Why can't it be I'm waiting to hear news of life I'm waiting to I'm waiting to Still choose to be life Mm. You know Um, She spoke about Is it Is it Is it Waiting to die Or is it play
0: Yeah exactly
1: (laughs) Yeah Total contrast But Mm. still choices That are available Despite the uh, Darkness Of the waiting room You know That was just um, Wonderful um, Contrast And then there was was that incredible piece of work called Black Tar, mm,
0: powerful, heavy, powerful, mate. It's the heavy
1: stuff. But yeah. I loved it. I, what was that last two sentences? It was something around what of me am I not telling the
0: world? about that was that was the thrust it was something like uh, no one will know how little of me they really see
1: absolutely you know yeah
0: yeah. 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 so really and again and like what i love about that the juxtaposition again the contrast between what was going on for louise in that poem which was just total spiritual chaos but the you know the physical facade was fine yeah you know and then by the time she gets to waiting and even though you know she's had this cancer diagnosis that would that would most of us. Yeah. She's on this journey to become something much more joyful. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and
1: and stuff. and in the process Finding her authentic self, mm. a, a higher mm. degree of her authentic self. Yeah. You know? And that was another uh, another theme that came out of that Big beautiful one. poem, The Black Tar, you know. Mm. To what degree are we our real authentic self? Mm. And is there a limit?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, mean, yeah. The, Ooh, I have love a good, that. We I have to talk thought. about that. Yeah. And as and as you know, see, I'm st- I'm still kind of working my way through these issues and how much and is it is it a betrayal to your authentic self to not display that authentic self in its entirety all the time to everyone? Yeah, you know? well you know
1: my position on that. I I and and, and Louise and I, I just had a little slight different perspective there
0: i think a bit of fresh on of friction yeah yeah, on. yeah
1: yeah i i i think you got to pick the times and the moments when to display authentic self because mm. it's empathetic to know that some people can't handle one's mm. straightness, one's realness, one's authenticity. And why do you want to create attention tension when it's unnecessary? I think the big thing here is is you can have the ability to bring your authentic self at any time. Mm. But to know when to deliver it, is i think part of the loving game chip
0: yeah yeah i think i think this just gets back to what you know your purpose right what purpose are you living what value are you servicing in that moment and if your value you know your foundational value which is what one of ours with this podcast is service you know it's uh you can you can serve that value by giving as much of your authentic self as you know this person can handle, right? Yeah. And that's, that's actually the authentic thing to do in that situation, mm. you know, because you're servicing this deeper value, mm. right? Mm. It's Authenticity itself needn't be the, the only value you serve. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, yeah, if yeah, that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. So, sometimes you can give your authentic a, a little bit more than what the other person can handle, Now, why? Because – in the moment, we're actually grabbing an opportunity to coach, to elevate, mm. to stimulate, to inspire. Yeah.
0: I was gonna ask you about but that. But
1: you've got to be aware of the context of mm. um, of what's happening um in, in that moment, in that time. You know. Yeah. Hey, the real the real point here is this is what we're learning from those two beautiful poems last week, which is why I'm not letting go You're of the can't poems that so we recorded. We we're bringing her back, dear people. She's not here in the the studio right now as we record this intro but guess what i'm switching to those poems over here because i want to hear louise benefits <laughs> 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 louise bennett's voice again taking us through these extraordinary poems and i know dear people you're going to love this episode just as much as you loved all the learnings and the offerings from last week's hey let's join louise again chip let's do it
0: let's do one more what? one more yeah for, well but, yeah what, Louise what would you like to finish off on oh Louise 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 Louise, Louise.
2: <laughs> please choose the one <laughs> that I want <laughs> oh, let's see whether we've got goodness. synergy here Louise I don't know this is too hard you've Just got pick one, the that one
0: you, you have to pick the got one, one you okay, want okay look no. That's, that's how this works it might be it's, the one that Bernie wants to. this
2: is too hard but Come look on. I'm gonna <laughs> mm. I'm too attached to these so I'm going with the one that Bernie said because which I, one I didn't say anything <laughs> 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 you hinted. You hinted. It's fine. I, it's good I because I knew what you right. was looking. I think she's
0: right. <laughs> no,
2: I'm too attached to all of these, and so it's very tricky. I need help to choose. Uh, so,
1: Chip, I'll let you choose, mate.
2: No, she's a piece different. of service.
1: No, no Louise has already made have the. You already cho- have you already chosen? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you'd. You're letting us choose. Nature is God. Nature is God. God. No, no, this one's great.
2: And it's great because I spoke about this in the previous podcast. I said that I had a poem called Nature is God. So Mm. let's wrap up with
1: this Can we get this poem into context? Why is this poem so important? Why is this sentiment, this focus so important to playing in the waiting room (laughs) to the joy in the waiting room to overcoming black tar to the pathway of authenticity can you possibly start before we even read it by Mm. connecting it Mm. with
2: I can yeah absolutely our journey today so I guess uh in a very obvious obvious sense to me, there is a literal connection between Nature is God, this poem, and the poem Waiting, where this poem here, Nature is God, uh, is about the fact that everything is connected. And in Waiting, I talk about the fact that I have a tattoo on my arm that says everything is connected, because that message is um, so important to me, that reminder That everything is connected. And what I mean by that is that, well, let's use the example um, this morning. Bernie, you you were saying earlier that this morning you meditated and you were focusing on your breath. Yeah. And when we breathe, we are bringing cells into our body. And some of those cells stay in our body. And some of them are released and some cells that we release have been in our bodies for a little while. And so we're releasing part of us out into the Mm. universe and those cells may go and rest on a rock and then they become that rock. We drink water that comes from, from the ocean or from the, from the sky, you know, that water has come from somewhere. We drink it, we expel it. It goes elsewhere into the universe. Everything, every cell, is connected every atom every atom right down to the atomic level there is a connection and so when i say nature is god uh my whole life i've felt a very strong connection with nature i enjoy spending time in nature and at no point in my life have i I ever felt that i am not part of nature uh and all humans are part of nature (laughs) and so this Uh, You know, I feel like all of my poems in some way are a love letter And this this poem is a love letter to, mm. to Gaia, to Mother Earth Right yeah,
1: <laughs> Chip, is that woo woo? <laughs> no, I don't think so.
2: I think it's science.
0: It's yeah. science. No, it's, it's absolutely really. science. We can, we can
2: think of it as woo woo, but it's also
0: yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I'm not sure if I'm getting it right, but I think I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson say once you've hit a certain age, you've your your atomic structure has literally been made up of atoms that have been everywhere in the universe at some point. Because that's the flux and that's atoms move around like that. I could completely have that wrong, but it's a nice sentiment. <laughs> it is it? beautiful. <laughs> Mate, <laughs> we're going to make it a permanent part of the podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and we're going to quote Neil. Too. <laughs> Take that.
1: Louise, as you were, as you were describing that, I, I was thinking the cells that I breathe in this morning during meditation, I'm on the river. So I'm I'm taking in some oxygen cells that come from the photosynthesis of the trees <laughs> that are all around me but those trees can't be existing unless of course they have the the sunlight you know from mm-hmm. the sun and then to take a Chad Foreman, if I go out at 9:30 at night and just spend two minutes and look to the look to the stars, I start to realise that every star out there is one of those suns, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that maybe around every one of those stars is a solar system like <laughs> like like ours, and they form what are called galaxies, and all these galaxies start to make up a universe. And apparently, if you go to the edge of it, you come across another universe. And I just go, well, if I put all that together, that one plus one equals infinity. Mm. Mm. Uh, Yeah. You know, and I'm breathing it in.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, no wonder I'm doing the Anapana. Please forgive me, Vipassana, if I got the word wrong, but I think Anapana is the process of just focusing on breath that's the meditation word, mm. focusing on breath, in through the nostrils and just out. And even short breath, you can just feel the breath just hitting the nostrils and go, I've got no idea why that is now giving me so much joy. Mm. But I have this thing that arises that I'm actually breathing in life, life itself, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like breathing in God <laughs> mm-hmm. oh spooky 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 mm-hmm. nature is god by louise bannon
2: don't ever tell me that the stones beneath my feet are not holy or that the streams running across the earth bringing replenishment are not the tricklings of answered prayers a message of the godly Don't ever tell me that the blood in our veins is not born from the call of ancient goddesses, or that the leaves falling from trees are not scriptures of bountiful life. True godliness lives within the whispers of salty, sea-drenched winds, inside ancient boulders imbued with essence. There is a god deep within the souls of the earth, the smallest of creatures thundering the ground, the graceful ocean dwellers dancing through softly flowing water. They call to us all, and they share their true worth. Nature brings forth the gods who have been patiently waiting all along within each cell and living, breathing organism and minuscule molecule and you and I as well. There lives God.
0: Chip, she's bloody good. She is good. Huh? Is, but speaking as speaking as someone who appreciates the written word. I mean, that
1: is good. just... <laughs> I'm not just saying this, the message stands out, but the way that it's the way that it's written. Mm. Huh? Beneath my feet are not holy. Um, running across the earth brings replenishment. Mm. Tricklings of answered prayers. How to you come up with a phrase like that? <laughs> Tricklings of answered prayers. Call of ancient goddesses. What are you teaching us here, Louise?
2: The message is, like I said earlier, you know, it is just that, you are not separate from the earth mm. and the earth is god in that in that the what what creates the earth and nature also creates us we were all created mm. in the same way and so and that lives within us and if you believe What I believe that we are spirit and there's a spirit in everything, then then the same spirit that exists in me exists in every rock, exists in every leaf, exists in the ants on the ground.
1: I mean, you've just changed my whole Nepalese trip (laughs) (laughs) because I've, I've never thought of it that way and I've thought of a lot of things. While I'm trekking the Himalayas. You know, I often mm. walk past the snow capped mountains and I think, How long you've been there? You've been there millions of years and mm. you've seen you've seen millions of me, <laughs>
2: you
1: know, different people going by, you know. But I gotta to bow to you and honor you because you've seen things that, you know, just aren't even in my framework, you know? Mm. about bow to your grandeur. But now you're saying and in my mind, you're right. You're right. It just makes sense. That the same force or essence that created nature, the rock, the plant, is the same force or essence that created us living things.
2: Mm. And also, what I'm saying is that you are as majestic as the Himalayas. Oh my God. Chip. You gotta call me Everest. <laughs> Look what you did. Now oh, don't get an ego about this. Chip, I'm
0: calling you K2. Oh, I gotta take that. It's, well, the most deadly one? It's responsible, it's responsible for the most the most no, suffering no, of anyone no, alive. You've got a
1: better name. I'm a Dublin. Uh,
0: well, I don't know enough about I'm a Dublin, but I'll take it. Call me Dub for short. I want you to say that one more time.
1: That that you are as
2: as majestic as the Himalayas, as is everybody listening to this podcast hmm. and every being.
0: Yeah, We're made of the same stuff. We are all part of the same grand system. Why wouldn't we be?
2: Yeah.
1: Got to go back to that Ines Hemings. I got a name right today. You I got, got it? her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, where she said, she intimated that one of the most beautiful feelings that 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 she's had is when in the presence of nature she can feel so small mm. so irrelevant and yet in the same breath she can feel so grand mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling both at the same time like how How incredible is that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what nature, when you spend time in nature, that's Mm. how, that's what that brings to you. That sense that, that all of this is so magical, Mm. but we're not, we're not a minuscule part of it.
0: Greetings, and excuse the intrusion, friends, Romans, countrymen. It's just Chip dropping in with today's one and only loaded question today, uh, because what Louise just said really struck me. Nature is magical, and we are not a minuscule part of it. Not a minuscule part. We're a big part of nature, and of course we are. We're flesh and blood, we need the sun to see by, and the air to breathe, and the water to drink, and the land to yield our food. And we've built a lot of cool stuff that's given us a lot of cool things, but the fearsome scope of our knowledge has had a weird consequence, hasn't it? And that consequence is, so many of us now don't feel like we're actually a part of nature. I don't. I don't feel that. I know it, but I don't feel it. I don't actually feel Like I'm a part of this world I'm living on, that I'm dependent on. So here's the question, and be honest. Even if you agree with everything Louise just said, as I do, even if you agree that humans are not a minuscule part of the natural world, do you feel like you are? Parked for hours in front of your computer, doom scrolling on your phone, rushing through traffic from one fluorescent lit appointment to the next, do you really feel... Like you're a part of the magical, natural world.
1: There's the calling, isn't it? There's Mm. the calling. There's the action, step. is, dear listeners, you've got to start valuing, seeking the time with nature. Mm. Mm. Like if we go around the room, all three of us, um, how much time one are we seeking and how much time are we actually spending with nature mm-hmm. and is there a call to do more mm-hmm. and and i think you answered the question why but if it's if it's that valuable why aren't we seeking for weekends Rather than going to, I'm making it up now, concerts and all the other good stuff, the other good social things that we do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Although you could say, Louise, that spending time with humanity is also spending time with nature. Mm. Yeah. yeah,
2: for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that we should be um, taking away things that bring us value to spend time in nature. Yeah. But absolutely taking more time to spend in nature instead of perhaps – Doing things that don't bring us so much joy and value, and we know intrinsically mm. what those things are, maybe time on our phones, time in front of the television yeah.
0: distractions uh yeah yeah
2: yeah um even um like like things that you can do indoors you can do outdoors, yeah, and this is a this is a thing that uh, a teaching from my Previous role where I worked in early childhood, where I had this philosophy that anything that you can do with children indoors, you can do with them outdoors, and so yeah, uh, and so anything like you know, have a picnic outside, yeah, um, you know, if you're if you're if you need to have a rest, lay a yoga mat down underneath the trees and lay down outside. You don't need to do everything indoors. Yeah, Um, Mm. yeah, it's a good place to start, but then also seeking that intentional time. To go for a hike or yeah. yeah, find find somewhere, find solace in in an area somewhere that that's outdoors and where you yeah. can really connect with the earth and, and as much as you can do it barefoot too.
0: Yeah, you want it's to get that, that earthing. Mm. That is a there's mm. a thing. It's uh, mm. it connect sort of, your body. Yeah, it's re-syncing your um your body's electrical field because we all have an electrical field. Mm. Um, it's re that with the f- um field of the earth. Mm. And there's lots of evidence that that's very good for you physically, mm. mentally, and mm. spiritually.
1: Mm. Mm. Can I throw at you the the concept of the cold shower? Mm-hmm. Right now, you'd say, well, that's different than what we were speaking about. No <laughs> yeah, segue. No, because the 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 temperature of the water is the natural temperature of the water.
2: Mm. And also water is earth, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm.
1: So the whole idea of waking up and having the, the temperature of the
0: water as it is naturally,
1: do we think that? Carries any value? (laughs)
0: Uh, I think so because the value of getting into nature or the value of, say, a cold shower is, to my mind, it's getting back to a more natural state. We wouldn't have had water heaters. (laughs) Mm-hmm. back in the day so if we were bathing if we were having contact with water then it was typically going to be quite chilly yeah. um, and getting back to the natural state just means getting back to the circumstances under which your body evolved and therefore thrives in mm. right? yeah. so that's why it's so important to yeah. get back to, to nature because our body just knows what to do, it yeah. understands that wow. situation you have, you,
1: have you got into the habit of the cold showers yet?
0: Every morning oh, I've been doing it for nearly 10 years now What would you say is the value to you? Um, Okay, so a top-line value makes you feel better. It actually... But like Louise was talking about, does pump up your dopamine. Dopamine is a reward hormone. You literally feel good. It will make you feel happier. Wow. Now, it's not, you know, it's not massive, but if you're paying attention, it is significant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's just all sorts of uh, physical benefits. To yeah. Get a little spike of cortisol, which is your energizing hormone. Um, it, that also helps break down fat. Yeah. I mean, there's no downside here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, I mean, mm-hmm. once you can overcome the, the mental block, yeah, and I oh, yes. encourage everyone too. It's it's so good. Yeah, yeah. And I know from our previous
1: episode, Louise, that cold immersion is part of your routine. Mm-hmm. Although I think you said that maybe night times you, you might just err on the side of warmth.
2: Well, yeah. So actually, yes, basically. If I'm showering with my daughter, she doesn't like a cold shower. Right, okay. So, so that's okay. the... That's the caveat there. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's still working towards the cold immersion. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll, I'll add to that too. It's probably not a good idea to have a cold shower at night because the way that your body gets to sleep is by cooling down your core temperature. If Now, paradoxically here, if you take a cold shower, you'll cool down acutely, but then your body will respond by heating up your yeah. core in response to the cold, yeah. better to have a warm shower at night because that will make um, the blood come away from your core, you'll cool down quicker, you'll get to sleep quicker. Yeah, yeah, So cold showers in the morning, warm showers at night. Mm. Well, I want to a credit point from both of you
1: because in the last 10 days, guess what, I've switched to the cold shower. Oh, showers. well done. <laughs> Excellent. Well <laughs> Except done. for one last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You. I've only had one showers in the last 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> you That's your seasonal one.
0: That's Bernie's shower for the Summer?
1: <laughs> no, I have. And it, well, I tell you what, it's hardly a cold shower in the, in no, Brisbane true. heat at the yeah, moment. It starts cold, and then at around about like the fifteen second mark, she starts to warm up. And I say, "You little ripper! <laughs> <laughs> I've got my dough for me." There you go. Yeah,
0: so look, you got to get in there, get get that first two and a half seconds, and you go. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: the the value. Of waking up at 5 o'clock and, and for me, walking the Brisbane River um, along this kangaroo point walkway that's surrounded by plenty of trees, also surrounded by plenty of people, being able to look across the botanical gardens. I, I, I love that. I really love that, mm. that, um, that opportunity. But I tell you what, I don't seek enough getting away from this city on weekends, no, nor right. I. Yeah, yeah, and it's been, it's been high on my mind to ensure that more weekends should be spent, aw- should be spent away, mm. um, yeah, preferably with yeah, treasured friends, and yeah, we should be spending more time with the natural environment. Mm. Yeah, I guess
2: yeah. Um, what I would like to say to that is sometimes people are put off from spending more time in nature because they feel like they need to travel to yeah. to do so. Um, I go to Karawatha Forest or Mount Kutha yeah. or Daisy Hill. Yeah. Or, you know, there are many places local yeah. you don't need. Yeah, It's fabulous to go yeah. somewhere new to explore and travel, you know, a distance away from what would be your home. But you can find – if you're fortunate enough, enough to live in a city in Australia – um, or start, like, you know, a city around the world where there is nature, then you can find it without having mm. to travel too far. So that, like, you know, we yeah. don't want that distance to be um, an impediment. There is also a lot of um, research that shows that even just having plants in your home or on your balcony
1: truth gives you
2: mm. um, the the positive impact of having – of being surrounded by nature. So, yeah. you know, I absolutely – Taking trips and going away with people and finding nature away from your home is a really valuable yeah. thing to do. But also, if you don't have that opportunity for whatever reason, you can find other ways without, yeah. um, without having to yeah. You know, spend. Yeah, don't
0: life. yeah, don't make the barrier to entry mm, too high. Mm, yeah, mm. profoundly agree. Is there any other subtle
1: action coming out of this poem that we're calling for our listeners to
0: consider? Um, through this lovely piece of work. I'm going to bang the drum again, Bern, because uh, if you you have a good meditation practice, then the connectedness that Louise is talking about in this uh, poem, that's going to become much more easily apparent to you. Uh, And you can just read the stories of anyone who's become – you know, viscerally aware of this interconnectedness of our universe. It's never been a bad thing. Yeah. It's always been either a profound experience or at the very least an uplifting experience. Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want to have that? Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, it's powerful. Mm. Powerful. Yeah, I tell you what also I'm thinking of here. I just had a very, very good friend come back from um, her doing the 10-day silent Vipassana Mm. retreat up at Pomona. And one of the highlights of the Pomona residence uh, that, that, that all the participants occupy is that the kangaroos come into the middle of the complex and eat the grass. But I kid you not, you can actually walk up to those kangaroos as close as the proximity that you and I are occupying around this small round table here and now. I think it's even possible to touch them, and they're wild. They're not, they're not, they're humanized in the sense that they no longer see humans as a threat in that environment. So they just, they're there with their young ones and people are walking by them left, right and center and they don't budge. Do you remember what Chad Foreman said also? And he said, when he used to go back to his little lodge 800 meters away from where he was doing all the Buddhist studies and he had no windows on his, uh, his hut. Mm. Um, He had no fly screens. Um, Sorry, he had fly screens, but no windows. And he said, nature started to view him as the animal in the zoo. Nature actually mm. came to him, mm. including a couple of good carpet snakes. Yeah, a couple of snakes. <laughs> he, he became the snake wrangler. <laughs> Look, that actually started at the end of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said he had goannas, koalas, uh, kangaroos, mm. all come up and feed within you know, virtually touching distance. That connectedness mm. was innate. Um, it's only perhaps we in humanity that have frightened them away. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last chance, dear people. Anything else to draw from that beautiful piece? Nature is God.
0: I would just say, you talked about it earlier, I just want to remark on that. Um, it's, you were talking about how beautifully written it is, and I agree. Um, and I just think, uh, you know, Bernie, you and I have a diverging tastes when it comes to those things, but I think that that's evidence of a kind of universal aesthetic sense in humans and I think that I think that does exist. Um yeah. and I think that that's just more evidence of a fundamental connectedness mm. between I, I, us all. I think it is, but as Louise you you've intimated, people could hear
1: that poem, read that poem and and not get it. Uh mm. or not be able to connect with it, shall excuse the pun. Um and yet I agree with you, Chip. I think if you clear away the crap, come down to the, the base of it all, the core of who we are, I think the essence of that poem is fundamental. It, it, is, mm. it is who we are.
2: I think the three of us here, yes, we understand that and we feel that, that fundamental connection. But I also think that this poem is controversial in saying that mm. God is not God that nature is God, that we are God. And so there are people who would be confronted, confronted by that idea and who m- may not agree with this, uh, which is fine because we're all on our own journeys yeah. and our own pathways and we have our own interpretations of creative work. Uh, but I do feel that, that there are people who would listen to this poem and very strongly disagree that yeah. nature is God.
1: Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So when I look out at 9:30 p.m. at night, thank you, Chad, to the stars and and the galaxy and the incredible universe that's up there, I'm looking at nature. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And yet you still call it the source. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So again, it's it's a play with play with words, isn't it? In a way, like mm. it's said. I look to the stars and I go, that's source. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I appreciate that source flows in with through what I call nature down here, the botanical gardens, the trees, Mm. the beautiful essence of every single human being. Yeah. Yeah. I feel... That only those that have entered into the framework of religiosity may be challenged by the word "God" being used mm. in that sentence in and, in that yes.
2: meaning. And those are the people, I suppose, that I'm referring to here. Yeah, and and that is fine for people to have those yeah. beliefs. Yeah, uh, but there is a a large portion of the world. Who feel that God is an entity that yeah. exists? Yeah, um, yeah, that is not nature. God is God.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a very it's specific, very, yeah. uh, very specific being. Mm. 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 So, what
1: do you see God as?
2: Everything, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh. like mm, spirit and, yeah. um. Yeah, and that's really what I'm saying here is that God is in everything. Yeah. And that there is a God within you. Yeah. And a God within me. And yeah. I call it a bit different. Within, a bit
1: different. Mm. I call it the universal energy.
2: Mm.
1: And by the way, that's the only a term that's uh, – I've heard energy used a thousand times before. But I'm really sitting comfortably with it now. I've, I've you know, And energy created mm-hmm. <laughs> what I see, what I – uh, not what I experience, but what I I see around me, what I see when I look to the stars. There's an energy that, that somehow created it all. Mm. And somehow that energy is then displayed to us through nature. And I love that concept of it's in me, flows through me and with me um, as it goes through nature. And that's my... Vision of connectedness mm. yeah yeah mm. how do you sit with that chip
0: uh, I agree it's not incompatible with my view at all. I just yeah. wouldn't use the word "god for yeah. the reasons we've been talking about. Yeah. I think it's it's the the term has become so people use it in such different ways it's yeah. you need to have a conversation about what you mean yeah, by yeah. God before yeah, you yeah. use the word God, so yeah. I just don 't think it's very yeah, useful yeah, 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 yeah. um but I would say um. Uh, my interpretation of it is um the natural world by which i mean everything in the universe yeah the cosmos and and i would include in that the set of natural laws which govern and have produced this universe and to which we're all bound and uh which which link us you know yeah. fundamentally and profoundly as well some of which we understand and some of which we don't yeah. i just i think that i think those gaps are exciting they are. and cool and wonderful and we know we don't need to uh, um, you know we don't we don't need to insert any half answers yet we can just we we can quest and we can find, mm. you know. That's what's exciting to me.
1: Chipster, guess what? This is an opportunity for you and I to talk about one of our favorite subjects: Nepal, Nepal. and
0: the Himalayas. Yeah, I got that uh, pre-trip <laughs> excitement now. You know, the anticipation's <laughs> not one of the best bits. <laughs> when are we going? We're on April third.
1: April the third, and we've got some people going to Everest base camp over fourteen days, eight days there, yeah. six days back, and. Others at exactly the same time. The cool kids. We're going to Gokyo.
0: Oh man, I'm so pumped. <laughs> you know, because you know, because I thought we were going to Gokyo last trip, and then we, and then we had to take these people to where they wanted to go. <laughs> Um, But look, as much as I love Everest Base Camp, seen it, I am very keen for Gorkyo,
1: mate. I'm just keen for the Himalayas because every time I walk into that environment, those mountains speak to me. They penetrate my soul, Mm. but coupled with the beauty of sharing, sharing our Sherpa Yoda uh, and his beautiful team. And of course, they're founded in incredible, wonderful Buddhism, Buddhism principles, Mm. and the trilogy. Of that, mate. I don't know what it does to you, but I tell you what, mate. I come back a different person every time, better
0: person, I hope. <laughs> you know, as... what do you mean, you hope? It's
1: keeping you real burn. No, I mean I love those guys. Now. Preceding the Himalayas, of course, Kagendra.
0: Yeah, it's one of our – it's the unique experience we offer. I mean, not many tours, if any, do something like this. We're going to take people to – give them the opportunity to take a class at Kagendra Second Life School, um, which is the vocational school that we sponsor in Kathmandu. One of their main missions is to educate and give opportunities to disabled children, right?
1: 600 of them now, Chip.
0: 600. Yeah, we should hasten to add not all of these are disabled children Um, because Kagendra is such a a renowned school now. You know, people just want to send their children here because of the quality of the education. And it's renowned
1: because um, we had the opportunity after the earthquakes of 2015 to embark upon a project to build them a brand new school and in May 2022 that's what we walked into one of the more memorable days of my life to walk into that beautiful school Mm. and have that school assembly. Now we're leaving on April the 3rd and Chip for our listeners out there, um, we're asking you to invest in whatever airfare that you want and you've got choices dear people you just need to meet us in Kathmandu on April the 3rd and I can let you know now that there's an opportunity to, to buy the rest of it, buy the whole experience for under $4,000 at the moment. And there so all they have to do is to get in contact with us. The website's nearly there, not quite. Nearly, But yeah. we just need them to take this phone number, all right? Yep. Now, you got a pen? No, you haven't got a pen. Go get yourselves a pen. Yeah, I'm giving you a few bit of time. You got one? Yeah, you got it. Okay, here we go. Plus 61412. Nine eight two. Four four four. Replay the podcast if you want to hear that number again. And all you've got to do is just text me, dear people, and say, yeah. Hey, Bernie, I'm interested. Send me an information kit. Within 24 hours, you'll have all the information that you could possibly need to make an informed decision about joining
0: us. Chip, how much would we love to have some of our listeners on board? Oh, it would be the best. And it's always a fantastic experience. The community and the walking the trail with other people, I mean, and the camaraderie, you yeah. feel like that's... Yeah. That's probably my uh, favourite part of this whole thing.
1: And as we're walking towards Dingbo Shea from Pangbo Shea, which podcast do you think they'll say was the best, Chip? Oh, uh, certainly mine. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that was the wrong answer you dude, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> <Dude-featured. laughs> <laughs> Talking about podcast. W- what if I threw at you that, that you've almost given uh, another validation for the podcast because – what we're asking people to do, just join two humble guys exactly. who are on the journey looking for a couple of answers that may start to fill a couple of those gaps.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, but but also the first step is rediscovering the ones we've forgotten. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, st- and, I'm still definitely in that. Phase. Yeah. And secondly, uh, if I want to throw this
1: back at both of you too. It's, I want to make sure that our egos are kept in check by us not definitively saying this is the way we see it, so therefore it is the right way. Like I'm really open to the idea that the way that I see it, I share it with you. I share it with everybody. But equally, it's the only way that my mind to date <laughs> can actually um, identify. And I'm really open to the, the whole concept that maybe I just can't think of anything else or maybe I haven't read anything which someone's given me another alternative. It's the best mm. that I can come up with. But my evolutionary mind, our evolutionary mind may be – only a part way along, it's evolutionary journey. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's such a valuable thing to consider too. What are the limits of our perception? Oh, you know? love that. And, love uh, and that. just a really easy way for everyone to gra- wrap their heads around this. We can't see ultraviolet light. You yeah know? but but we can all, like we know that exists we know there are some things that can perceive it but what else how else are we limited yeah. and yeah. and will we find ways to understand those limitations yeah. that might then add to our yeah. understanding as well you yeah. know i think all these questions are just they're really cool they're really exciting yeah. <laughs> it is <You> definitely
2: <laughs> and you know the the purpose is growth and evolution. So we shouldn't be the same person that we were. The person who wrote that poem, Waiting, is yeah. not the person who's here now. And so we should be have our ideas and our opinions and our views challenged yes. and change based on what we learn, mm. based yeah, on the experiences exactly. that we have. And so absolutely nothing is absolute. <laughs>
1: yeah. And
2: you should be many different versions of yourself.
1: Um, but I think we have to check ourselves on that occasionally, that nothing is absolute. Otherwise, it's too easy for me, and it's too easy for people in a situation like ours where we're attempting to educate Mm -hmm. um, to think that what we've got to offer is absolute. Mm -hmm. um, Or not to think, not to think, but to talk in a way that it's. We sound as if we've got the absolute. And mm. uh, I, love the f- I love the fact that we've had this discussion over the last three minutes um, because uh, even though I can't think of anything better than some of the things that we're discussing, <laughs> but my interpretation of life so far has only led me to this place. And I'm really open to the fact that it could, in another five years, another year, it could, take me to another place, mm. yeah, a whole other place. Dear Louise, dear Chip, I tell you what, this has been one heck of a journey. It's we, quite the right. Well, I'm not just talking about today's episode. Thank you ever so much, Louise. You've been absolutely beautiful in your your contribution. Mm. But really, Chip, we need to measure Louise's contribution over three episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, please forgive me, but I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, Joel State, um, how blessed we were to not only interview Joel, but then have his dad back, Keith, and we had his mm. boss in one day. You know, talking about all that we could learn from uh, Joel's journey um, with the Grim Reaper tapping mm. him on the shoulder with a cancer, and now, uh, thankfully, we've had the beautiful Louise Benefit who's going through a, a similar journey, although she's so hopeful, isn't mm. she? Yeah, she sees, still sees life. Um, perhaps even
0: more life in the cancer. Mm. And I was going to say it's not it's not living despite the cancer. You know, yeah. it's it's in part living because of the cancer. She's able to incorporate this, you know, dreadful in inverted commas experience into uh, like her framework for living a joyful life.
1: Amazing, mate, isn't mm. it? Like mm. the cancer is a stimulus. Yeah. To live more while it exists,
0: and and like I'm, I'm glad you use the word stimulus too, because I mean it's literally been a stimulus for her to produce these works yeah. of poetry, right?
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. So it's 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 so interesting what humans seem to use for fuel.
1: Yeah, yeah. So much to learn too. What about yeah? I know it's dear to your heart. Um, what about just learning through? the journaling the 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 mm. writing the the expressing yeah <laughs> the creative
0: expressing you know that's uh, it's, she, it's such a beautiful thing because i mean for the listener for the audience you get a front row seat to this person's mind and heart yeah you know that's the so really seductive thing to me about any kind of art yeah. particularly the written word for the creator i mean it's You know what I love the best? Stephen King said this, and I've never heard anything better. Writing is an act of willed understanding. But you're gonna to have to explain that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was talking about he was talking about outward facing. It, you're forced to be empathetic if you step into the character. say if you're trying to write a character yeah. from a very different point of view, you're forced to understand that point of view. But I but I really think also it's an act of willed understanding of the self. Yeah. When you're forced to order your thoughts, I mean, and this gets back to our episode with Nathan Flynn and his letter writing and how important that was in terms of really figuring out what he thought about something and sort of and even exercising some demons by expressing those thoughts so that's what i mean when i i totally agree writing is willed understanding of the world but of yourself as well yeah
1: well she's given us incredible
0: writings incredible insights
1: of her her world over the last two episodes but louise we thank you ever so much for the trilogy yeah, Um and the, the the impact upon our lives. We hope you enjoyed it, dear listeners. I don't like that phrase, I hope you enjoyed it. I know you had to enjoy it. There's too much to <laughs> well, freaking learn. Confidence, man. <laughs> eh? He wants some more chutzpah. <laughs> <laughs> too much to learn, Chip, from. And isn't it beautiful, you know, type Louise Bennett into Google I'm not quite sure you'll get a response um, just like our names mm. mate <laughs> <laughs> oh I As, hope it stays that like I always say just a couple of guys with a beautiful person like Louise Bennett it could be mm. just around the corner dear, dear people and yet there's so much to learn from your neighbours so much to learn yeah. from the person that passes you by are you, are you in this life to love people to learn from people to learn with people because if you're not You're missing out. I hope you've enjoyed this wonderful episode of A Journey with Bernie and And Chip. Chip. Can't wait to serve you again next week, dear people. God bless you, each and every one of you, and plenty of love.
0: Go spread it around the world. See you, dear people.
1: Goodbye.
0: Greetings, salutations, and welcome, listeners, to another edition of Chip's Take Home Pay. And it sounds like today... Is all about nature, which could be a real can of worms because nature may just be the most important and yet toughest issue on the table right now. Nature and our humans' relationship to her. Now, don't worry. Your old buddy Chippy is neither striking off on a climate change rant nor commanding you to redouble your recycling efforts. Although I do think it's a great idea to recycle, upcycle, outcycle, all the cycles. It's a nice thing to do and it's nice to be nice. But whenever we talk about humanity's stewardship of the earth, it does tend to get a bit polarizing. So please, 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 on whichever side of the political line you fall, know that today's take home pay will absolutely not be about guilt. Guilt does not work. The Greta Thunberg outrage model, in my humble opinion, does not work. Trying to shame people. Into valuing the natural world, makes it a chore, and no one likes to do chores. So this will be in no way a dressing down. Because I'd much rather dress up and get out of the house. Which is what I really want to talk about today, because I think Louisa's poem set the table so skillfully for a deep consideration of getting back to nature. Or nature therapy, to use the parlance of the day. And my first job, I reckon... And this is piggybacking off the central message of Louise's poem, is to convince you that reconnecting with nature is not only good, but essential. Which isn't going to be easy, I don't think, because so many of us live at such a remove from nature and we get by. We get by. The detriments inherent in living cut off from the natural world, they're not hard, sharp pains. They're these slow, dull aches, which makes them easy to overlook, especially when you've got bills to pay, right? Right. But let's take a look at what happens when people do reconnect with nature. Uh, And there's a lot yet to be proven here, so let's stick with the well-studied. So nature therapy does these things. One, decreases stress. So in one study by a researcher called Catherine Ward, uh, they found that people living near larger, greener spaces literally showed greater declines in cortisol, that's the body's fight-or-flight hormone, throughout the day than other groups studied. Two. Nature therapy increases sensory awareness. Now, military studies show that some soldiers in combat zones actually detect nuances other soldiers overlook, and this helps them spot things like hidden bombs. That's a good thing to spot when you're in a combat zone. Uh, And they often find that these soldiers grew up in rural areas, and their proximity to nature Makes them more conscious of their surroundings. Three, nature therapy increases mental focus. Now, one study showed that an hour of interacting with nature improved memory and attention span by 20%. That's a lot. Four, nature therapy makes us kinder. A 2014 study found that showing people 10 slides of gorgeous nature scenes caused them to give more money to a stranger. Five, nature therapy decreases feelings of entitlement. Six, nature therapy decreases feelings of not having enough time. Seven, it decreases crime. Eight, it decreases ADHD symptoms. Nine, it increases feelings of connection to your neighbors. I could go on and on and on. But I think you get the picture. In terms of psychological well-being, nature therapy works. So what about physical well-being? Well, there is some evidence speaking to nature therapy's physical benefits. Uh, It seems to speed healing. It could lower blood pressure. It might protect against cardiovascular disease. But listen... None of that's conclusive, and I want to minimize the uncertainties that we spread with this show, because it's important to me that this podcast doesn't become another brick in the wall of misunderstood science, because I think that's a problem. Misunderstanding science is a big problem. So for that reason, let's not worry about the possible physical benefits of nature therapy just yet, but also that suite of well-studied psychological and emotional benefits I just spoke about, is that not enough? to convince you that it's worth reconnecting with Mother Earth? And bear in mind, psychological benefits will spill over into physical benefits and vice versa, because the human body is not some collection of discrete units. We are a system, each part working with and dependent upon the others. And if you start taking care of any part of that system, then the whole necessarily becomes healthier. Which brings me neatly to my higher point, which is that not only are we ourselves a grand system, but like Louise said in her poem, we are also part of a grander system. And that system, obviously, is nature. And if we begin to take proper care of one part of that system, us, ourselves, then the whole becomes healthier. And we can see the research shows that one of the best ways to take care of yourself is nature therapy. Plug in to the formidable powerhouse of which you are an integral piece and she will charge you up. And here's the best bit. Nature therapy is so easy. In one of these studies, they had people just look up into a stand of eucalyptus trees for one minute, and that was all it took to report lower feelings of entitlement and self-importance. Watching five minutes of footage from the documentary Planet Earth caused a 46% increase in awe and a 31% increase in gratitude over control groups. The cost-benefit ratio in nature therapy is powerful. Because nature is powerful. So here's the action step. Simplicity itself. Find a green space near you. Could be as simple as a neighborhood park. And commit to spending five minutes a day there. And when you're there, be there. Don't be on your phone. Don't be in your head. Be with her. And let her do the work for you. Because she will. The studies show that she will. Nature's a beautiful woman. And she will bring you joy. Which brings us back to what we were talking about at the start. Because when someone's demanding things from you, trying to shame you into doing what they want, then they become a chore, don't they? But what happens when someone keeps bringing you joy? You fall in love with them, don't you? And when you love someone, tending to their well-being becomes the furthest thing in the world from a chore. It becomes your purpose. Or to take the point a little deeper... It brings you meaning. Joy, love, meaning. In that order. That's what nature is offering you. Sounds a bit like the mission of this podcast I listen to sometimes. All right, that's all from me, beautiful people. I'm Chip Huddy. This has been Chip's Take Home Pay. And I do hope you found some pay worth taking home. But on the off chance that you didn't, We've got a last little something for you this episode. Now, the keener-eared amongst you will have heard Bernie mention earlier that off-mic, he accidentally called our splendid guest Louise Bennett by the name Louise Benefit. That's a weird Freudian slip, isn't it? Well, guess what? That slip is off-mic no longer. So to play us out, please enjoy Bernie Kelly's brain fart and a journey with Bernie and Chip's very first blooper reel. Hope it brings you a little joy. Because it all starts with joy. As always, my friends, Auf Zayn!
1: As we say, just a couple of average guys with a beautiful person like Louise Benefit. <laughs> <laughs>